Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. So front loading carbs. I'm not going to lie. You guys know my least favorite Zooms are the ones about the practical stuff, right? Like it's not that I hate talking about this stuff. It's that I, if you've worked with me, especially as a coach, you know, I veer on the side of the mindset, but I realized that I have never done a Zoom specifically on the baby step of front loading carbs. So, and it's one that we really have been giving out a lot more, you know, we have a lot more success with it. So here we are. I promise to keep it just as exciting, or at least I'll try to. But this is also going to, um, the more you can interact with this always, like with all these Zooms, the better. And especially with this because I don't want it to turn into, into just like a lecture on carbs. You know, um, I want, if there's something that you feel, you feel confused by something you like you relate to definitely let me know in the chat. All right. So let's get started. First of all, I see this as a really common thing. And I think that the American lifestyle or modern day lifestyle, I should say, Western lifestyle, whatever the hell you want to call it. Basically the hustle and grind, got to work your ass off wherever you live, where that's a culture, right? That makes it harder to feed ourselves just by default. And that's not even factoring in accessibility, um, any of that, you know, our own physical capacity, just as it stands when you are somewhere that is a hustle kind of culture, um, food is not the priority. Really nothing for yourself is a priority. So I see this really commonly. This is the typical day I'll hear about, okay? You're not hungry in the morning. You wake up because you sleep to like the last possible minute. You know, you're like uh, the last minute that's even appropriate before you're going to get fired or something, right? You sleep and when you wake up, you're hitting the ground running, but you're moving way slower and you're not thinking about food. Maybe you're just like not hungry. You might even be nauseated in the morning from all that just, you know, getting up, getting going that you're trying to do. Then you get, you either have like a coffee or a protein shake or like something that feels like you're, you know, like some kind of sustenance. And then the hunger hits you. And usually depending on the appetite and depending on what's, you know, available, if you were stressed either the night prior or that morning, and this is not, I'm not talking about those, you know, few times a year that you're like, oh, I really am good at bringing my food. This is for the people that struggle to bring their food, right? So then you're like, okay, I have like three random things I threw in a bag um, or they have a cafeteria or there's, you know, a candy drawer in the staff room, or there's just something that we could nosh on and just kind of get ourselves out the door of work, right? So really not a whole lot of like mindful leisurely eating there just not conducive for it then you get home and then that is typically the first meal that you can actually like think about so if that overwhelms you you go for the convenient comforting thing if you're excited at the idea of being able to think about your food you're probably attached to more comfort type of foods that you know especially if they're cultural comfort foods you know um and that's typically when the carb heaviest meal of the day will happen at dinner time. I'm not talking binging. I'm just talking like basic framework of meals is typically dinner becomes the carb heaviest. Then if you have things like diet culture where people are trying to eat salads all day and then they're like, I don't know why I want to eat everything when I get home. You know, it's typically set up that it's lighter during the day in terms of the fueling and like our food intake. And then it just amps up at night. 
do you guys notice this? Not, it doesn't have to be like extreme, but just do you notice that you tend to go that way of just eating more the later in the day that it is? All of this, <clears throat> all of this is very relatable to me. It is very commonly what I hear. And then even if you have, you know, I have clients who work from home, even just like getting out of the mode of stopping to go get something to eat for yourself. That doesn't really happen because it feels like that's the time of the day we have to be productive. And it feels like we permit ourselves our actual food when the rest of the world isn't like needing something from us. That's when it feels comfortable. And I think that's just kind of what we're used to, right? That's the timing. It's not convenient to eat during the day. You're th you're just mind is scattered. You know, you're not this isn't France. We're not sitting down to like a leisurely hour long lunch. You know, I wish, but it's just not conducive. Um, and then that factors into the body image issues that we have. And we're told eat less, move more. And I know as well as you guys know that you could be working on this for a while. And that's kind of how the wiring goes. So if your schedule is off at all that day, even less food during the day. If you had a upsetting meeting, even less food that day. And it all kind of feels like, I know, I know I should be eating during the day, but how often has that kind of felt like being told you should drink enough water? I know it's important, but it just feels like it doesn't happen. It just feels impossible. It's something I beat myself up about, right? It's like secondary. Who notices this in their day-to-day -day when it comes to the way their meal times are set up? I also get super sleepy when I eat more in the morning. So that's another reason I push eating until later morning and afternoon. That has a lot to do kind of with what we're talking about today. So um, how I'll skip a section. We'll jump right into that because that's relevant. So how many guys, how many times have you guys seen something called carb tolerance thrown around online? Find your individual carb tolerance. There is a certain hormonal account on Instagram who loves to use that all the time. And I'll admit I've mentioned it too in the past, but if you've asked me what the hell that means, I've probably given you the most broad answer you could ever expect, right? Carb tolerance. So I don't believe, I think that unless somebody is a diabetic, everybody has like pretty similar carb tolerance. The only outliers are those who are insulin resistant. I don't think that it's so nitty gritty with macros with non-diabetics that it needs to be like, you have to have the right number. Exactly. I think that that rigidity is just probably causing more stress than anything. So it's interesting to look at how our bodies respond to certain foods that we eat at certain times. You know, like Izzy, you were saying, you know, in the morning um, that you feel like you, what was it you said? You get super sleepy after you eat. So that could be a respond insulin response that's happening, you know, and if insulin, if you're getting more insulin than you need, like in the way of insulin resistance, let's say um, it drops you too low, you'll notice that fatigue from a low blood sugar. And that could be from having carbs in the morning and your body doesn't like that. You know, it really, I want you guys to keep everything we go through today with the mind of, I have to see how I feel trying these out because we don't give everybody the front loading carb baby step. You know, and it might be that what you can tolerate in the morning is he has to be very precise to you, but kind of using this guideline helps us kind of 
right, deal with the, the planning out of that. Okay, so, all right. So that's the problem, right? The timing. It's like the analogy I wrote here is it's like flooding a factory that was dead all day long with orders five minutes before closing, you know, and, and half the staff has left already. When you're eating carbs at night, that's what you're doing to your factory because carbs are meant to be utilized for energy. They're meant to be utilized for, you know, cellular function and all of that. Um, so we tend to wait to start having carbs when it's the time of day that we're, we are kind of, you know, shutting down for the day. We're doing less. We should be doing less. It's darker out. We shouldn't be piling a lot on our plate. You know, um, it's kind of a, a modern myth that we should just be productive until what, an hour before bed. Like there are no rules, but we always feel like I should be productive after work. No, you worked all day. It's dark out. You should be calming it down for the evening. But when you have a hormone imbalance, sometimes you can help your body by doing your body do that by not also having to make it produce insulin for those carbs at night when you're not doing as much. Thoughts on that? I'm going to go back and read these comments, but thoughts on that? It's like flooding your factory with orders the last five minutes of, of uh, business hours while it's been dead all day. Just being like, here you go. Here's all this energy. I feel like I can't eat until midday and then I don't feel like eating later. Yep, that's that's nor that's a cortisol kind of thing. So your body kind of adapts to what your natural eating habits become and it kills appetite because there's no appetite hormone being released at that time. So you have zero desire to eat because it learned that you're not going to respond to it at that time. So who remembers, I did something called collecting tokens when referring to calories. Think of it like a video game and you just go throughout your video game level trying to collect tokens, like get calories where you can. When you have zero appetite and you feel like you don't get like really hungry till later on, that's because at that point your body has been needing food for hours probably. And now it's just the effects of that are catching up. So if you don't naturally have that appetite, the idea is like, and ADHD, I don't listen to alarms, right? I just decide to keep taking bites throughout the day. Like if it's not a meal kind of day, it's not a meal kind of day, but at least I know I'm collecting those tokens continuously. Um, and that helps kind of create that appetite. Cause I notice if I don't do that, I won't be hungry until I'm nauseous and like later in the day. Because I'm on a school schedule, I have to eat at a certain time. Um, it's difficult. I mean, I don't, are you able to snack at your desk at certain times or be, you know, I think then it would be trying to structure around the time that's um, accounted for. If you have certain blocks of time, you just truly cannot eat. I get it. You know, you'll be teaching. You can't be like eating something. Um, I think as long as you're kind of count, trying to counteract that as much as you can, then, then that's the way to go. Like, how can I supplement my mornings to make that more doable so that, you know, I can take a quick bite of something between classes and then I can wait till lunch. It has to be what matches what you need. Carb tolerance is like I said before, it's just, it's something that I think became a buzzword for people with hormone, hormonal imbalance and stuff like that, because just like 30 day challenges, 45 day challenge, challenges, it gives something kind of tangible. So if you say, oh, your carb tolerance is this range, 
then it's just a new, it's a new way to just dress up a macro for people. But I don't, I, I really haven't found a ton of scientific kind of evidence to back up the nitty gritty specific ranges that I've sometimes seen, except for those who have insulin resistance versus those who don't, you know, um, and really in TCA, insulin resistance and type two, those are the more strict kind of food routes we take as much as I hate it. You can tell how awkward I am even talking about it. It is, it does matter how much carbs you eat, you know, if you have insulin resistance, but outside of that, carb tolerance is really about us figuring out like, how do I feel when I eat X amount of carbs or what time I eat those carbs. So if you found that, um, you know, you're feeling like you're waiting till the end of the day to eat and you're like ravenous and there's no appetite during the day, front loading carbs could be a good way to kind of swap that. Okay. I see Molly, your comment about um, figuring out how to eat less carbs. Before I get to that one, I'm going to start with that next. But what I have written here is carbs are not bad. I know we know that, but like all food is food and all food is just utilized a certain way. So it's just about knowing what our body would do with that stuff, having tons of options for things that we like and we feel are accessible to us at that time and picking and choosing what we want based on how we know it will affect us. If we focus on just learning what, how we interact with these foods and it's more about personal choice on how we utilize them, it, it isn't a diet then. And it doesn't have the fake motivation of jumping into something like, oh, we're gonna you know, go keto or whatever. It doesn't have that fake visible, fizzleable kind of motivation that is never long lasting ever. Um, but it becomes something that's like, I know how to feed myself, which I think is a lot more valuable long-term, you know? So I'll read your comment in a second. I just want to read the section first. So <clears throat> here's a few things to consider. You know, I know time is crucial in the morning and I think it's all about figuring out things that take absolute minimal prep, right? And if our goal is to incorporate some carbs in the morning, and we're running out the door, we're like, what the hell do I do? How do I not eat all carb or all protein? How do I not sit there and have to cook in the morning? It's not as hard as you think, right? So let's say you have like an apple and a hard boiled egg, you know, um, some berries and a couple pieces of cheese, you know, like it doesn't have to be a ton of protein, a ton of food. It just has to kind of get the ball moving. And you always want to have a protein when you're eating your carbs because it helps them not become such a power surge for your blood sugars. So, but the amounts can be small. It can be items you can grab out of your fridge. It does not have to be a meal by any means. You just want to think of it as like, you, you don't run out your door before putting your socks on, right? You want to think of like, I'm not running out of the door until I eat something. I take a bite of something. That's the first step. Next step would be to try and make it, you know, carbs and protein. So that's the thing. Think about your mornings. Your mornings are going to set you up. It'll be so much easier to even be hungry again the rest of the day if you have those couple of bites right in the morning. Um, sorry here. Uh, okay, keep in mind with this that even if you do have insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes or anything, and we are working on getting you off of meds or anything like that, 
we still do have to look for lower carb options. So we will find those together. But if you feel like, you know, um, if you're one of those people that's going to be trying to increase your carbs in the morning without insulin resistance, thinking about little frozen additions can also help. Like a lot of the gluten-free stuff has higher carb, right? So, but they are convenient. So I love those little cauliflower hash brown things. They're frozen. You microwave them for two minutes and you head out the door. Do that with a sausage patty and you're good. Make it about convenience. It still should be about convenience. Now, if you're like, well, I feel like I'm going to have issues gaining weight, right? Like I'm adding these carbs during the day. That's just because society has made us hate carbs. But if you're eating more during the day and your blood sugars are more sustained during the day, you are going to feel less inclined to be craving those things at night. You will be able to think like, what am I in the mood to eat rather than, oh my God, I just need to eat something. Um, that's the difference. And that's ultimately what's going to make the change happen. Not harping on how many grams of carb am I allowed? That never sticks permanently. So <clears throat> the other side of that is, well, then how do I make my nighttime more protein? If we're trying to take away the carbs from night, put them in the morning. One, if you feel like you're missing out because your family is having something that is higher carb, save it for the morning. Take a portion with you. Like you can still have a few bites. You'll be fine. Everyone will live, right? But like save like a good, like a satisfying amount of it for the morning and have that be your thing you're adding for your carbs in the morning, right? Um, if you're trying to replace something that like everyone else is having and it's you want a lower carb version at night, Try to make it, God, there's so many newbies in here who haven't seen my vessels video probably. Um, try to replace the vessel in the item. What that means, in the culinary world, the vessel is the thing that carries the flavor, right? It's the pasta that has the sauce. It's the bread for the sandwich. It's the thing that brings the flavor to your mouth. So that's typically the carbiest component of a dish. If you're thinking about having like a bunch of different options of quote unquote vessels that you enjoy, you can swap that out and keep it in the same sauce, the same flavoring, the same dish as the rest of the family. But your version at night is the lower carb version so that you can have your higher carb version the next day if you want. Is it as good as just having what everyone else is having? No, that would be great. <laughs> that would be the ideal. What would be even more ideal is if we didn't have to deal with this shit. That would be fantastic. So because that is not in the cards for not even me, really try to find like, what is it that I feel better doing? Do I feel better having a, a bunch of items to choose from? Do I feel better subbing it, holding off on eating it till tomorrow? Because there is no ideal, but what is the thing that fits me the most? Um, and it'll, I think you'll be surprised when you feel a lot better, how much easier it becomes. To adhere to that. It's just like, like any other change, sometimes hard to transition. Okay, let me read these comments. So figuring out how to eat less carbs has definitely been the absolute most difficult thing, somehow even harder than eating less gluten. They're so comforting, <laughs> but being mostly vegetarian that's allergic to nuts and also trying to figure out how to eat less saturated fats. Since my LDLs have been high for the first time in my life, we will talk about that. That has nothing to do with fat. Um, that drives me nuts, not from you, but just from doctors, like the, the pushing of that as a concept when there's been so much, so much done about like so many other things contributing to heart disease and all of that. 
that could be a whole other Zoom, to be honest, but I will text you about that after. Um, my needs seem to contradict each other, but I can't seem to lose weight without cutting carbs. So very common, especially for those who are allergic to nuts. That is the bane of it all because it's like there's almond flour and seemingly everything. Um, I would look into lupin flour and see how you handle that. Lupin flour is made from beans. Like, have you ever seen those like uh, Italian, like the Ginzo style, like beans where they're like yellow and big and they come in a jar? I think what are, there's like a brand that makes them now that's more popular. Um, but I just grew up always seeing them in a big ass jar at my grandma's house. Those that those types of beans have great, great fiber content to them and like a good protein structure. And they make for a really good flour replacement if you're um, if you can tolerate it. So that's something I would suggest. I recently used that to bread fish, like for fish and chips. And it was, so, oh my God, amazing texture. Am I lagging? Can you see me okay, guys? Lagging on my end over here. Um, carbs being comforting. The thing about that is you got to keep trying until you find a substitute that is just as comforting while knowing that it's completely different. You know, thinking like this replaces that thing, like I'll never love, like this makes me want this more than that. You could love the shit out of mashed potatoes and have mashed potatoes once in a blue, but have like a bomb ass recipe for some kind of mashed vegetable that you figured out. Like, I know I'm the first one to say whoever the PR rep was for cauliflower, like, please, they've had the renaissance that vegetable has had. And I like, I hate cauliflower really in things. It's not a pizza. It smells like farts. You know, I'm not into the cauliflower, but the collie mash recipe that I have, I'm happy to give anybody who wants it. It is actually delicious. Like, like I look forward to eating it. It's not watery and weird at all. Is it mashed potato? No, anyone, anyone would know it's not mashed potatoes. It's mashed something else, but it's still delicious. And I know that I can eat as much of that as I want, like till the freaking cows come home and I'm going to feel fine. I don't need to take insulin. You know, so it's all about balancing those amount of times. If please, I made mashed potatoes. What was it? Was it for Thanksgiving? I think I made like I made a big ass bowl of them. And I'm like, my blood sugars are not going to like this. But when do I eat mash? I eat collie mash all the time, you know, so it is really just a balance. And like I said, the more you find the ones that you enjoy and you make them fit you and then you start to feel better when you feel like shit eating the other thing it's all about choice. Like, I don't want to feel like shit. So I just tend to go for the one where I don't feel like shit and it's good anyway. So it feels like a win, but that, that kind of takes time to find those items that still make you excited to eat them. So we could definitely text about some more of those. I love I've been doing this for so long. I have so many friggin' tricks. So I hope that helps. Um, it's tough in the morning when I can't eat egg or dairy. Okay. Good one. I found that bars and sausages and beef jerky help me in the morning. How do you know if you have insulin resistance, a blood test? Yes. So there's lab work that can help you see if you have insulin resistance. Um, sometimes I'll suggest to clients to check, to get like a cheap glucose monitor on Amazon or something, um, or their pharmacy, as long as it has strips. And if you're not squeamish, like take some blood glucose readings. Um, I would suggest doing them when you first wake up in the morning before right after and then 15 minutes after a meal. So fasting before, right after and 15 minutes after a meal. And then anytime that you feel like crap out of nowhere, 
And at least you get to see like for a few days. Um, you can also try doing like a couple days on your period, a couple days off, you know, to just see your fluctuations. Um, this way it gives you a pretty good idea of if you're having some pretty spike, like some pretty huge spikes going on, then that gives you a really clear indication. You can usually link it up with how you're feeling at that time and see. Um, but ultimately blood work diagnoses it, um, like clinical blood work diagnoses it. If you want to avoid that route, you can test at home, but you can just get labs as well. Um, I like to look at the glucose because even if, I don't know, my type one helps me out here, right? Because like I can tell if someone's like insulin, blood sugars are swinging weird, even if it's not by a huge margin, but there's something kind of peculiar about how they're swinging. If you have PCOS, then the chances that you could be developing insulin resistance are higher than. So I would, I would still take that into consideration and say, okay, let's get ahead of that. So it's really up to you guys. Um, if you want to do some at-home testing or get the blood work done. Um, <clears throat> related to vessels, I just had a burger and a lettuce wrap tonight. I love the crunchy lettuce. Honestly, I do like the lettuce. I've, I've complained of like, I didn't get lettuce that could actually wrap. So it was like just falling out everywhere. But when you get a good wrap on that burger texturally, I actually like really enjoy it, like purposely enjoy it. Um, or like if, what was that restaurant? Do you remember the burger place, babe, in Edgewater? Was it Bear Burger? So I think, I think it's called Bear Burger. I don't know if they're out in your area, but they do a collard greens wrap. And like, they take the, the stem out of the middle and it's like very flexible and like, it's really, really good crunch too. Uh, Carbonat bread is also a great option if you want bread, because who cares? It is an actual uh, great option. If you want bread, who cares if it is an actual burger bun? Yeah, agreed. Carbonat has the texture of like white, like Wonder Bread, you know, where it's like, I feel, what was the Eddie Murphy standup where he talked about the burger he wanted from McDonald's, like versus the burger that his mom made him? with like the bread mixing with the ketchup and making that like orange weird dough that forms on the outside. Oh my God, the nostalgia. But yeah, it's like wonder bread. Um, I really like carbonate for uh, French toast though. Cause I find that it just like soaks up whatever you're dipping it in really well. Um, okay. Smart buns are also amazing. Um, let me see. Never tried, you never tried smart buns? Um, I don't, do smart buns have egg in them? And I gotta, I gotta put up the, th those like ridiculously expensive buns that I get on Nutrition. I don't remember. I think they're like, a, they're free of a lot of different allergens. I have to check which ones. Um, but my God, they are, it is, it's like eight slices for $11. I came in here hot thinking I'm just going to keep it in stock. And even I'm like, I just cannot justify it. It's just ridiculous. So it's like once a month I stock up on that bread and the grilled cheese is on that. It's just amazing. It like toasts perfectly. I'm going to put, I'll, I'll post that um, in the comments. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, listen, some programs, it's like you got to bust your ass on an elliptical all day, eat chicken and kale only. Like that's the work. That's the hard work. We don't do any of that shit, right? Our hard work comes in finding things that we enjoy. And 
the thing that sucks, just like chicken and kale and elliptical sucks or Stairmaster sucks, you know, there's things that suck about that. The thing that sucks for us is maybe you find some lackluster products in the meantime. Maybe you make it and you get all excited and it's shit, you know, but you have a whole community of people and your coaches, you myself, you know, who have tried a lot of these things, done a lot of these things for a while. And we love talking about this stuff. So even if you want to just pick our brains and just shoot the shit about foods that you want to try, I could talk about that all day. Um, so I think I'm, I kind of got away from the carb part, <laughs> but I could talk about food all day, as you can see, you know, um, it's really about finding whatever the hell works and give it a shot. You know, if you want to try, um, I wouldn't make this like a diehard baby step. If you haven't been like suggest, if you haven't been assigned this baby step by me or coach yet, but if you want to start paying attention to it and just kind of thinking of different carb things that you can include, you know, um, more protein type of side dishes at night to try out. In the meantime, that certainly can't hurt either. You know, the goal is make sure that they're yummy. Um, okay, then let's see. What did I write here? Okay, so I, and lastly, I think parameters are good to have an idea, but really if you focus on what the overall food you're eating is and how it's sustaining you, when you're eating it, what you're getting from it and all those things, then I think it's very hard for you to be doing anything that can be throwing you off balance. A lot of time, a lot of times it's the stress and the mindset of feeling like we have to maintain this absolutely perfect thing that is screwing us more than if we gave ourselves some flexibility and we weren't so strict and diligent. If, if you were eating, you know, protein and carbs, like throughout the day, you had some good veggies in there. You were well hydrated, doing self-care, stress was managed, walking leisurely, and you had like a little freaking Kit Kat mini in the office. I certainly hope that that one little Kit Kat mini wouldn't be the thing that like, you know, makes everything go to shit. Cause then none of us have a single hope here. Right. It's really just, it's easy to pick on ourselves for the little thing. And when we try to avoid the little thing, we usually want it more. So, you know, try your best eat throughout the day, give your body what it needs. And if you end up having a little bit more carbs than usual, like talk to your coach about it, but everyone, no one's mad at you for it. This is all part of figuring it out and seeing what your body does best with. So let us know um, if you need any help figuring out how to suit this to your schedule, shoot us a text, you know, whether me, your coaches, whatever. Um, and definitely if you're not in the Pudge page yet, that is my low carb, like lazy low carb Facebook recipe group. Um, I'm going to be doing live demos in there at least once a month. My last one, it was like my first in a while. It was a little bit crazy after being sick, but they're just going to get better. Um, so yeah, enjoy the rest of your week and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.